Welcome to another episode of Winging It. I'm Andrew. He's Alex. We're here for another episode. The Eagles are 3-0. We just witnessed, it was like watching an episode of Oprah. You get a sack. You get a sack. You get a sack. Carson Wentz, I think, left the stadium in a body bag. The Eagles are undefeated. They beat the Commanders in convincing fashion. The Eagles are the true Commanders right now of the NFC. And Alex... I don't even know what to say, man. I'm like borderline speechless because I know that you and I were hyped going into this year. We felt like we had a good team, but like, did we expect this after three weeks? So, dude, first off, it's great to talk to you again. Been really looking forward to this ever since Sunday. Um, I feel like I've had imposter syndrome this entire time. I feel like I don't feel that we're as good as like the scoreboard and everybody thinks we are. But, like, I'm totally in the wrong here. Both sides of the ball were absolutely insane. Even Carson Wentz himself came out. He said, I got sacked nine times. That's not even up to my offensive line. Like, that's on me right there. An absolute humiliation of Carson Wentz down here. And honestly, Andrew, it sounded like a home stadium. It was an electric game. Um, that I actually turned off early and flipped over to Red Zone because there was actually more uh, there there were more close games going on in the one o'clock window. I actually turned the game off because we were whipping the Commanders so bad. It was beautiful. Uh, you know, we'll get into it a little bit. I think that yeah. we I think we 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 left another week feeling like we we still want more because. Again, another explosive first half, and we just want to see the Eagles just like kind of put the foot on the neck of the opponent and really just like drill it in. But it is hard to complain. I think we just need to get right into it. Let's do two up, two down. Um, I, you know what? I'll start off here. I, I mean, the fact that like the Eagles, they they just set a record. This was the the third consecutive game. This is the first. They're the first team in NFL history to score twenty four points in the first half of the first three games of the season. And, you know, like, how, how are we doing it? How is it getting done? I mean, number one, Jalen Hurts. I, I, I'm, I can't believe that after last game, I was a little worried. I'm not going to lie, Alex. I was a little worried. I, I wasn't expecting, not in the sense that I thought we were going to lose, but in the sense that he played arguably the best game of his NFL career last week. And I was worried that, it's not going to be as easy this time around. And like, you know, if, if, he, if it's a slow start, then I don't know. I was just nervous, but he did. He started off slow, but he made up for it so quickly. The first quarter was a little quiet, but then just started connecting on the long ball again, something we didn't see at all last year. And on top of that, like AJ Brown is somebody that we expected to catch the 50, 50 balls. And it's like, so wonderful to have a receiver that can do that. Just just give the receiver an opportunity. But now, Andrew, we have, Andrew, would you believe me? 
Would you believe me if I told you last season that Jalen Hurts is being analyzed as being the best deep ball thrower in the NFL right now? Would you believe me if I told you that one year ago? People that are new Eagles fans, because this is what happens when good team happens, they'll go to our old episodes of our podcast and think that we're absolutely off our rocker. It is nuts. Everything you are saying right now sounds like blasphemy three weeks ago heading into the season. <laughs> You're so right. And even as you said that, like, yeah, a year ago, trying to imagine this much of an improved deep ball is just unfathomable. Uh, his mechanics look different too. And, and it's really, I mean, it's, it's his confidence. It's everything. Obviously having the talent to catch the ball is great, but what for this whole collection is just, it is, it, it feels like the best show on turf. And I compared it to a Madden game last week and it continues to feel that way. So being able to see Devonte Smith also somebody of his size be this good at, at also getting those 50, 50 balls. How many Insane. absolute, Insane. I mean, I want to say web gem that's, that's from baseball tonight. I don't know what football's version of web gems are, but that's what Devonte Smith was doing on Sunday incredible we'll get more into some of the the records being set i don't want to get too far ahead of myself i want to give you your time to speak as well let me get my my number two and i you know we'll keep i'll take it over to the defensive side and it's the low-hanging fruit and i'm sorry but what else are we supposed to talk about i'm going to give you your time to talk about it also nine sacks dude come on i had a i had a friend text me i think a day after the game and said like the eagles are already at over 40 percent of their season total from last year it's nuts. They had it's four nuts. four in the first quarter. I think they had six in the first half. I mean, I want to zoom in even further on Brandon Graham. And this guy is like really becoming one of my all-time favorite yes. Eagles. And like yes. two and a half sacks. My man's 34 years old, off an Achilles injury. And you are seeing that it, like the sacks that we were getting were not from blitzing. It was just the four-man front applying the pressure. We didn't have Brandon Graham to help with that last year. Now you have... Josh Sweat slash Josh Perspiration bringing the pressure on the other side. I think his sack dance is my favorite. It's not really a dance, it's but it's just the uh, you know wiping wiping off his head. Yeah, um, the perspiration. Yeah, the, Josh it, yeah. Perspiration. Yeah. So Josh Joshua Perspiration. Josh, of course. Josh Sweat is his nickname. Yes. Joshua Perspiration is his full name. We like to we like to keep things well yes. proper on yes. on on Joshua Wiener. Perspiration. On <laughs> so so yeah, man. I. Those that's that's I'm my mind's freaking blown. Uh, let me take a breath. Have at it, my friend. The floor is yours. Tell me what you loved. This is going to be the most pathetic two up, two down because everybody saw the ups. Everybody saw the ups on the field. I could talk a little bit about the throw, the dime that Jalen Hurts threw to Devonta Smith on the on the right sideline, the open windows that he hit. There was nothing that I could critique from this game to say that the, the, it's the offense. The offense is the up. So here's my first up. It's you, Philly. It's the fans. The fans showed up to this game, and there was one or two false start penalties because Carson Wentz couldn't get the, the silent cadences off, and as a result, the, the, the offensive line jumped. That's all us. And th this is the thing that I love about Philadelphia sports is like we are one committed fan base. And I think I, – I don't know if this is true, but I saw on Twitter, I think that Eagles fans outnumbered Commanders fans. 
And also, not one Carson Wentz Commanders jersey was was located in the stands. It was actually probably more Eagles <laughs> stands there. But honestly, that stuff is so important. I really do. I, I really think that it's really important to the fans to be able to go to away and for it to feel like a home game with a rivalry and to be able to do this. And it just it just really showed. Carson couldn't get comfortable. He's in his own stadium getting booed and there's noise and it's Philly and you know Brandon Graham's up there talking trash and you know uh, uh, Gardner Johnson up there is talking trash. I mean, it's just this whole electric atmosphere. It is so exciting to be a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And just like I said at the beginning of this episode, I almost feel like I have imposter syndrome. I feel like we're, I, I feel like there's no way we're actually this good. But I'm looking at the standings right now. We're the top team in the NFC. And looking at every other team that was playing, you had the Bucks and the Packers and, and, and the Dolphins and the Bills. Those games were boring. Those games were, were fights to the end. I tuned out with five minutes to go in the fourth to go check out some other games because this one was already over. And I think a big part of that is the fans. I, yeah, man. And it's a little bit easier getting the Washington, obviously hop on the, is it the turnpike? Nope. I think it's 95, 95. You get to Washington. And on top of that, I think Washington, if we're being honest with ourselves, probably one of the more uh, pathetic franchises. Um, that you know, just from we've talked about it before, just kind of the sliminess of the ownership, um, and even you know, I've been you know, we we like to listen to to the sound of the city afterwards, also known as as sports talk radio, and people that went to the game had a lot of like, they just, I don't want to make it sound like a dump, but it doesn't sound like it's a very great experience going to the Washington Stadium. So there's not much glamour to Washington, and then you, you have Carson Wentz as your starting quarterback, which I also just read was like their third choice going into this year. Um, Adam Schefter came out with a story, I think it was right before kickoff on Sunday, that the the uh, Commanders were were making a strong push for Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. and I think it was I don't know if it was an injury. Um, Maybe it was an injury scare, but I like Ron Rivera, the head coach of the commanders was like really upset. He's like, really, did you have to like release this information right before we took the field? Like you couldn't have waited until afterwards to, to, to to bring this out. We were going to get our butt whoops anyway, um, our butts whooped anyway. Um, I just wanted to tack on and continue to gush about the receivers for a second. So, um, Justin Jefferson right now has 246 yards receiving right now. Devontae Smith has 249 and AJ Brown has 306. So both of yeah. our receivers are have more yards than Jefferson. Um, Devontae Smith had 169 yards receiving, uh, which is the most by an Eagle since Jeremy Macklin. He had a, a, a buck 87 back in 2014. Um, and also uh, AJ Brown is the first Eagle with at least 69 yards in each of his first three games since TO in 2005. So there's just, Big numbers being put up all around. Um, I know you just gave me a lot of love about the fans. What else? What else do you want to throw at me? Yeah, no, man. And actually, just 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 keeping on the the idea of statistics here. That's actually my second up. Is is the the, the truth is in the numbers. So 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 listen to to some of this today. The Eagles have the fifth most amount of points scored per game on average 28.7 points per game. We have the seventh least points allowed per game, which is at 16.7. That's an 11 point difference. That's a 12 point differential. 
That is insane. That is two possessions that we are dominating teams on. We are first in yards per game. This doesn't even make sense. 455 yards on yards per game. Madden. We have set we're second and third down efficiency percentage, which was one of Jalen Hurts' Achilles heels last year. We were in the bottom. We were like in the bottom 10. We're second in third down efficiency, second in sacks with 12 already this season, and six with the interceptions. Oh, those four interceptions. That was all from last week. <laughs> it's, so yeah. it's just, I mean, that's it, man. Listen, you can win games. You can get things out. If you looked at the Bills-Miami game, every single statistic says the Bills are going to win that game. At three games in, Eagles at 3-0, and oh, the statistics are telling the story. We have like found our identity, and we are like a powerhouse, a force to be reckoned with the, in the NFL. I just I, – I, I, I literally don't believe it. But everything right in front of me is telling me that I'm, that, that I'm right. Like we are the team. We are the team in the NFC. <laughs> Quick point on that Bills game. I, I, I happened to pop over to it for a hot sec during a commercial break. And I saw a stat pop up on the screen. There, there was four minutes left in the first half. And the Bills had a third and 10. And it was the first time this season that they've had a third and 10 or longer. Yeah. So, (laughs) and I also, another little fun fact, uh, before we get to our, our, our not so positives, um, the Lions started this year with 11 straight quarters of scoring a touchdown. So they literally, the first two weeks of the season, they scored a touchdown every single quarter. Then this past week, they scored a touchdown in every quarter except for the fourth. So they almost went 12 for 12 to start the year. But just like another weird thing of all teams, the Lions kind of, kind of bizarre, but, um, Anyway, let's get into some of the room for improvement, um, some of the maybe the down moments, if you can find any. Um, I'll have you start off again. Let's um, let's hear it. What do you got? Yeah. So so this is one that a lot of people have been calling out. We only scored 24 points in the second quarter. We need to be able to play past the half. In the last two weeks, we haven't scored any points in the second half. I don't even know if we scored any points in the second half against the first team. Now, listen, there is a reason for this. You're not giving your ball to Devonta Smith and AJ Brown and all your star wide receivers in the second half because you risk injury, right? It's, it's, it's almost like why you take a knee instead of running the ball, because at the end of the day, you're just trying to run out the clock and, and, and do what you need to do. But I think if we get too complacent in playing two half and just trying to get up on teams really quick. We realize that there's a whole other 30 minutes of football on the other side of there. And not every game is going to be this close, regardless that we're three and oh, the stats look really good. We beat the lions. We beat the Vikings and we beat the commanders. Once we start playing green Bay, we start getting Arizona, start playing maybe Dallas Cooper rush next goat. Who knows? I don't, I don't know, know, man. I got to say he looked okay, man. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I hate Dallas. I hate Dallas, but you know what, man? I'd be really happy if Dak Prescott sat on the bench as a $40 million butt warmer um, <laughs> and watch Cooper rush go in and take his job. That'd bring me a little bit of joy because they're not winning anything this year. So it'd be, it'd be nice to see a little bit of drama there. I, I hear you. And, and just a, just quick point though. I, I, ha- I just want to interject because I feel like honestly beating the lions, the Vikings and the commanders, that's not 
uh, like that's I know it's those are not no the slouches. Worst those are yeah. those teams really are not like the Vikings. We talked about they were they're viewed as a playoff team. The Lions nobody really knew, but yep. they almost just beat the Vikings, and and they've they've looked really good the first two weeks before that. Yep. Um, the Commanders, the jury's still out, but they beat Jacksonville, and Jacksonville just gave it to the Chargers. So there's a lot of parity. It's really tough to know who's actually good, and like yeah, maybe the Packers are going to be tough, maybe the Cardinals, but like. Are they better than the birds? Yeah, and you know what? We do have a cupcake schedule, but I don't want us to get completely whooped in the first rounds of the playoffs because we're playing a good team and we've only been pushing the gas in the first half of the game. Sure. But I think I think from an injury perspective, running out the clock, uh, time of possession, it, it's necessary. Yeah, it's fun throwing 50 points on a team, right? But like at the end of the day, you don't want the people that get you those 50 points to get hurt. So I see it, but it is a down. Like we, I would like to see some points in the second half upcoming, and that takes me to my second one. Um, and it's really not anything to do with the Eagles, but it's the mental toughness of don't let this get to our head. And I'm already seeing a lot of conversations. Eagles, outright Super Bowl winners, bets, percentages are going down, right? The payouts because like they're favorited. Jalen Hurts is, is playing like an MVP. And you know what? If the season ended tomorrow, there's a lot of factual statements that would actually validate that. I think if the season ended tomorrow, Jalen Hurts would be MVP of the league. I don't think there's one other quarterback that's playing better. Congrats, players, on your three-game NFL season. But that's not the way that the NFL works. We are one-sixth of the way through the season. We are going to play some tougher teams. We're going to see some losses, and we're going to see some deflating moments where the wind comes out of our sails. So, you know... I just don't want to see this overreaction that if we lose to Jacksonville this week, that it's all over. It's all for naught, right? I think this game would have been deflating. We showed that it's not. (laughs) I I literally thought they were only going to score two points (laughs) by the end of this, man. And I'm excited for it all. I just don't want to see this get to our heads. I want to be able to play good football, play a full 60 minutes, do what we got to do. Andrew, what's your analysis from two down? I like that. The cautious optimism, I think, is is the best way to be because we've been burned before and we're scared and we're looking for security and we just want everyone to stay healthy. So my first my first negative and this does feel a little nitpicky, but I, I did think that in the beginning of the game that the, that that Jalen was missing. I want to see him get a little cleaner with with the crossing routes. Um and again, this is like, it's so hard to nitpick on someone who like, yeah, arguably might be the MVP of the league. Um, and, and I think Jalen would tell you the same thing because even his quotes after these games are very mm-hmm. much suggesting yeah. we, yeah, we're winning. Things are good. But like we are leaving so many points out there that you know, we can do better. And I love that. And I believe him and I feel like they are going to do better. But uh, I, even the touchdown pass to AJ Brown, I feel like was a little bit behind him. But when you have a stud receiver who who just his hands are just, oh, I love everything about that guy. Uh, you know, it, swole you, Batman, swole bat, swole Batman. You just got to throw it in, in, in a radius and my man's going to snatch it. Um, oh, and I think that there was another maybe like a, another throw in the end zone to Devante that uh, he just missed. It looked like it was a little bit behind him. So I, I just that's something I want to keep an eye on. I know first week you were talking about the left, you know, the left side of the field. I just want to see a little bit more accuracy and consistency on these crossing routes, uh, hit runners in stride. But it's, you know, 
whatever. Like again, it feels yeah. if it, it feels like I'm really grasping for for reasons here. Right, um, right. My second thing is, you know, I'm looking at the numbers here. We had 35 passing plays versus 30 running plays. I don't know, and more so in the second half. But I felt like there was a lot of talk about how long Washington's defense had to be out on the field. And I feel like our running game should have been a little bit stronger if we were. I, I honestly wanted to see us run the ball more in the second half. Um, you know, clearly you want to do it because you're trying to, to just take some time off the clock, um, but also just keeping guys healthy. There's there's no need to to have Jalen scramble for passes in unnecessary times or, or just put anybody in harm's way. So I just want to see us stick to the run a little bit more. Maybe the offensive line um, starts to get into a little bit of a better rhythm with the run game. It seems like the the run game isn't quite as powerful as it was last year. Um, I mean, Hertz ran the ball, I think, nine times for 20 yards, which is totally fine. Um, I don't need him to run for 100 yards every game. Um, I think Sanders, uh, 15 for 45. So that was his least productive um, uh, game so far. But even 15 carries, I like seeing that for Miles. I want him to be in that 15 to 20 range. So second half, you know, just I want to score more points, but I also just want to see us try to get some some drives going um, just by commit, just just get a little bit more committed to the run. Um, sure. So, yeah, but, it, it, you know, these are things that, I think that even the coaches, the game planning, we're all, everyone, we're still learning about what we have here and we all know it's, it's good stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited to see how things continue to just evolve for this team. Yeah, um, absolutely. Randomly, I have another random. <laughs> Did you see Mac Hollins this past weekend? He's lighting it up, man. He's what lighting is, it up. What is that? What is I that? Mean, I liked Mac Hollins. It's just... I, I mean, I didn't think he was like elite, but he's Matt, he's he, he's he's taking contested balls out of the air. How many how many fantasy points did he get? Like thirty, like two or something like that. Like I think he was second in receiving yards behind Devonte Smith this week. And there goodness. was another crazy stat about that, like the first time that two uh, dr- receivers drafted by the Eagles both surpassed like one fifty in the same whatever. Um, <laughs> but like. It, I remember when Nelson Aguilar went to the Raiders as well, and it seemed like he kind of found this newfound confidence in himself. So I guess if you're a struggling receiver, especially from the Eagles, I, Jalen Rager, that's where you got to go, my man. You got to go to the Raiders. That's where you'll turn things around. Yeah. All right, let's <laughs> let's get into uh, some of these updated odds that you were alluding to. So right now, Jalen Hurts is number two. You got Josh Allen at, at, at plus 300. You got Jalen Hurts at plus 600. Um, slightly behind that, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Tua. Did you? And I meant to also bring this up uh, before. Um, while I see Tua's name here, because the Dolphins had that comeback and they beat the Bills, which we really thought would be probably be undefeated longer than the Eagles. Did Did you see the hit that Tua took? And did you see him like wobbling afterwards? And they let him play in the second half. Yeah. I did, what? but that that actually reminds me last year of a hit that I saw on Patrick Mahomes though, where he was like, you know, stumbling all over the sidelines and and walking back and getting in, and then and then even like last week with that hit on Justin Herbert, where he's like obviously like wincing in pain, like I don't know, man, it's 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 tough because you you have your guy out there to win, but like I couldn't tell you who the backup to to Tua is since Jacoby Brissett left. Do you know who Tua's backup <laughs> is? 
Oh, is it Fitzpatrick? No, he was like announcing that game. Do you no. know who Pat? Do you know who Patrick Mahomes' backup quarterback is? You know who Justin Herbert's backup quarterback is. It's not Tyrod Taylor. So you know, man, it's just like these people. You're only as good as your backup. Um, I feel I just, like if Hertz <laughs> went down, I feel I feel like I feel like Minshew is good enough where where we would probably take Hertz out for a significant amount of drives. But I did see that, but I'm not surprised, man. I don't know who these backups are. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so, so so here's another scenario. Mitch Trubisky goes down in Pittsburgh. You think they're putting Mitchie back in the game? You know Pickett's getting his start. It's a Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady situation, and they're getting it. They're getting it underway over there. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, that's they're just waiting for an excuse to 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 take Trubisky. I don't even know if we'll start this upcoming week because he's straight up bad. He's so bad. He's, he's terrible. So bad. But and like that's just kind of the NFL though. Like you, you know, and that's why when it's crazy that people talk Super Bowl for the Eagles, that's why like. Clearly, obviously, quarterback is important, but there's not really that many good ones. And so, like, if especially in the NFC, like a lot of the guys you just mentioned, Mahomes, Herbert, it's like all these guys are so, like, Josh Allen. All these guys are in the AFC. So, uh, I'm uh, all right. Calm down, Andrew. It's okay. Just because there's not a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFC doesn't mean that. All right, talk myself through it. We're good. All right, let's get to the NFC. Right now, the Eagles are the clear. Highest odds, they're at plus 350. Right behind them is the Packers, followed by the Buccaneers, followed by the Rams. Um, and then it's the 49ers, which is – which uh, they just uh, – I don't know. The, I don't know they lost know. to the Bears, and they've lost to the Broncos. So, if, again, early in the season, tough to judge. But, um, you know, we talked about this last week. I'll ask you again. Do any of these other teams that are behind the Eagles – or I guess what team scares you the most? Has anything changed? The only team that scares me are the Rams. That's I'm the there. only team. I'm it's right the, there with you. It's the only team. So you look at the Packers right behind us. Alan Lazard, again, I said this last week. He wasn't even like picked up in many of my drafts. That's our wide receiver one right now. They don't have anybody. The, the Green Bay can only win if they get the run game established. Our run defense is elite. Tampa Bay. Tom Brady is throwing a fit. I've also heard that they can't practice in Florida this week because of the hurricane, which means he's going to have to be away from the kids. And Giselle, I mean, there's a whole bunch of drama going on at home there. <laughs> so he doesn't scare me right now. And then really the next team is just the Rams. 49ers don't scare me. Minnesota doesn't scare me. The Cowboys, Cardinals, why are the Lions up here? None of those teams scare me. The only team that scares me is that veteran talent you have in Matthew Stafford with the Triple Crown winner, Cooper Cup, and a really good defensive line and some really good uh, DBs back over there like like Jalen Ramsey. It's the only team that scares me. Does Tampa Bay scare you? Like, I'm looking at who they threw out there at receiver this past week. Uh, you know, they plucked Cole Beasley up and, and added him to the practice squad, then had him play. So their their receivers this weekend, I think their top receivers were Rashad Perriman, uh, you know, Russell Gage. So right now they're out. They're, they're without Mike Evans. They're without Chris Godwin. Heck, they're out. With, they're, they're without Julio Jones, who looked who was their, like actually clocked as their fastest receiver week one. So he looked like he found the fountain of youth, but it looks like he can't really help man. Very injury prone. Um, once they get those star receivers back, do you think Tom Brady is going to turn things around? I don't know, man. I feel like he, he could, he, he, I don't know, man. I, I don't You think trouble. You think Giselle, you think trouble in paradise has ruined Tom. It's just so hard. It's impossible to go against Tom. 
It's just so hard. It's so hard to be like, yeah, Tom Brady doesn't have it anymore. I mean, how many times have you thought Tom Brady doesn't have it anymore and he comes back and wins a freaking Super Bowl? He comes right? back. He looks 10 years younger. His jaw somehow gets like even more defined. Yeah. It's it a is. very defined jaw. It's a very nice looking jawline, like if I'm being honest. Yeah, the jaw of a vampire. Yeah. No, nah, it's it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see, but there's, there's just a lot of issues going on in Tampa right now. I'm not entirely, sh- I'm not entirely sold on Tom Brady. I respect that, but I'm, I'm there with, with the Rams and if, if they can get Allen Robinson more involved as well, I know he's had a little bit of a shaky start, but they are a scary team on paper and, uh, I could see them starting to get hot later this year. So, um, finally, the last thing we'll get to is even though the Eagles are, are the number one, uh, technically the, the number one ranked uh, team in the NFC. It looks like that they are, well, this is, okay. We have two different two different things here. The new power rankings just came out today. The Eagles are number one in the NFL power rankings. However, in the betting universe, they are currently in third for winning the Super Bowl. So they still have the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs with higher odds of winning the Super Bowl than the Eagles. However, NFL.com says the Eagles are number one in the power rankings. Um, And also, interestingly, the Miami Dolphins, as the only other undefeated team in the league, are like ranked number 10 in in Super Bowl odds. So um, I don't know. I guess what I want to ask you right now, the Eagles, their numbers at 12 and a half wins this year. You going over or under 12 and a half? I'm still going under. Whoa. I I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's so hard. It, it's so hard to think that we're like a 13 win team. It's I know, but it's like it, it's just so hard to like actually Alex, conceptualize and think that like that's what it's going to look like on paper. I it, just I, I don't know, man. I'm putting us right at 12. Right at 12. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What All about right. you, man? What are, what are you, what are your thoughts? Uh, how many games are in the season at this point? What is it? 17? Uh, 17? Yeah. Wow. I hate that. I feel like 14 and three is like so doable, dude. I'm, I am saying I just, it's, I, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I just like, it's that imposter syndrome creeping. Back I know. In, man. I know. Like, we're we're going to lose games this year. We're going to have bad. We're going to have bad stretches. Nick's going to be out coach. We are going to play better teams. Like it, it, is it, is, is 14. I'm sorry. Is, is 12 and, and five really that bad? You know, 12, 12 and <sighs> no it's not bad but i just i can't see any teams on the schedule that i can't find five losses all right anyway we're we're fighting about nothing let's just win the freaking nfc and go to the super bowl simple sir done all right you want to bring us into uh oh wait i think i think there was other maybe some other nfl news you wanted to hit on yeah so there was one thing that was pretty interesting it got brought up as a discussion topic that we may want to cover today so the pro bowl is no longer going to be the pro bowl so from Mm -hmm. what i understand there's still going to be nominations your team will still be selected you know all pro and then there's pro bowl and 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 the various rankings but it's more of a designation more of a resume certification, something that you can say that you hit, but there'll be actually no pro bowl game. And instead they're going to turn it into a skills competition. So no game skills competition. I think we've, we're all familiar with some of those. We see all the, you know, the reels and the, and the clips of, of funny stuff happening there. And then it will all round out with a flag football game um, to, to end the weekend. What are your thoughts on the Pro Bowl kind of, you know, seemingly going away um, and, and turning more into a skills competition and more just like an accolade than like an actual event? 
love, love, love. I love it. I don't know if you yeah. caught that, but I love it. Uh, I enjoyed the Pro Bowl. I used to, only for the fact that I liked seeing the NFC uniform with the player or two that yeah, had the eagle cool. who had the eagle helmet yeah. on, and you could just watch your guy represent. Um, I think I was more invested in it when I was younger, but I also think that. 20 years ago, that game was a little bit more competitive. It has, unfortunately, kind of turned into a complete joke. Um, I think that in terms of accolades, all pro is 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 where it's at. I think Pro Bowl is cool. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's a nice thing to add to your resume. But I think like the true testament of, of how much of a superstar you are is if you make like first or second team all pro. Um, you know, there's a lot of reserves, you know, sometimes quarterbacks that don't play or they're in the playoffs. Somebody else represents. It's like, are they a pro bowler or are they just rep- or are they just replacing somebody? So um, I love the skills competitions. I always have. We don't realize when we're watching on TV, the speed of the game, the athleticism of these players, even the quarterbacks, how effortlessly they can just chuck a ball. Um, it's it's really fun to watch. So whenever they have things that can truly put those things on display, whether it's catching drills or throwing balls through tires or hoops, I love that stuff, man. So um, I'm all for it. How do you feel? Yeah, I feel kind of the same way. You, you know what I would really like? I, I think if they really added some cool events, um, I remember like the pro bowls of like the past where there's like, you know, a long throw competition and, and, uh, they had one where like players are jumping off of like trampolines. Like I, I think it'd be kind of cool. Like I may I may tune in to watch it. But you know, agreeing with you, uh, you know, the, these guys are are making so much money off like their name and likeness, and they have these big contracts nowadays. Like you don't want to see somebody go down in a meaningless exhibition game that means absolutely nothing. And it really hasn't been very competitive. I feel like, you know, it's really cool to watch like the first like three minutes and then you kind of you you kind of you kind of zone out. So, you know, I, I think it'd be cool if it was like, you know, some sort of like neat event or I don't know if they just came up with like something like really creative. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fine for me. I don't really think a lot of people are outraged about it. Um, I, I think it's just, you know, it's it's fine to go. Um, all right, so moving on into the next thing, I have to concede to you, you beat me in swinging it this week. You did. I didn't, I just, I'm just happy one of us won, finally. Uh, it would we, have been really bad if we got to the end of the season and nobody won a, uh, an underdog victory, so. And I, I'm also, I couldn't have won in uglier fashion. If you, I... I fell asleep at the fourth quarter. I couldn't watch it. It was the most boring game I've ever seen. We're talking about the Broncos. The yes. uh, Broncos against the 49ers. Oh, and it God. was what an awful game. An abysmal Ugh. game. It, it hurts to watch Russell Wilson play football. The score was 11 to 10, which just tells you about how entertaining of a football game it was. It was awful. Um, but I got my, my one and a half point underdog victory which means i'm on the board with two points thank you and uh let's make it two in a row baby all right man so (laughs) for this week on swinging it andrew the returning champion the the one who's beating me two to nothing (laughs) what is your pick for this week swinging it oh 
I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears, even though I hate them. And I think that they are the, they might be the ugly. There's so much ugly football, Alex. My goodness. This is professional football. And I'm like, I throw up in my mouth thinking about half of these teams. Justin Field, like the Bears are two and one. And my man has like barely been able to throw for over a hundred yards in a game. Anyway, uh, I'm going with the Bears traveling to New York to play the Giants. The Giants just lost arguably their best receiver, Sterling Shepard. Uh, last play of the game suffered an ACL injury. So right now the Bears are getting three and a half points. They are a three and a half point underdog. Give me the Bears over the Giants because the Giants suck. And um, I am feeling good about it. I like that pick a lot, man. There, there were a few that I saw um, upcoming. Um, you know, the, the Dolphins are playing against Cincinnati. Miami's a three-and-a-half-point underdog. I thought that one was pretty interesting. I like the Bears-New York Giants pick a lot. I think three-and-a-half is very generous. So even if you don't win on, you know, straight-up money line, um, I think you can definitely win on the spread there. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go with um, the Monday night game that's upcoming against uh, the LA Rams, who's a two-point underdog to the 49ers. And after how bad the 49ers played, I'm surprised, even though they're the home team here, um, two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Rams? Is there something I'm missing? Is somebody hurt? Is 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 Matthew Stafford not playing? It just it just seems a little bit odd that the, the odds makers did that. I know. That's why I give you credit for, for picking that game because I feel like there's something that we're not reading between the lines. It, it is a division matchup, um, and I don't you, think— You know what? The L.A. has a really difficult time beating the uh, the, the 49ers. It, it's very similar to the, the Bucks and Saints. I didn't really think about that until you said interdivisional game, but like they've had their number. I mean, why do you think Miami just beat Buffalo? These games are different, man. These yeah. games are different. So yeah. I, I I try to steer clear of them because I never know what to expect, um, even though we just handled Washington. So, you know, I guess the Eagles are immune to to uh, divisional uh, trouble. But um, yeah, well, speaking I, of divisional or speaking mm. of familiar faces, I think it's a great <laughs> segue into our last discussion point of this week, which is Dougie P coming back to the link 1 p.m. on Sunday with his new team, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Currently, the Eagles are a six-and-a-half-point favorite, but Jacksonville just did work on the Chargers. Just did absolute work. Uh, Trevor Lawrence with three passing touchdowns, Robinson with over 100 rushing yards. What are your – what? Are, oh, yeah, 38-10 to 10 win over the Chargers. What, what are your thoughts on this upcoming game? What are your keys to victory here? Oh, my keys. My keys to victory. Um, well, I think one of my keys is just the Eagles need to continue being a team in the NFC. You want to know why? Well, I'll tell you why, Alex, because the Jaguars have lost their last 17 games against NFC opponents. So I think just by the Eagles merely existing in the NFC, I think that we're sitting pretty. Um, on top of that, the Eagles have covered the spread in 11 of their last 15 October home games. So the numbers are telling us that uh, we have a lot to feel good about. Uh, I, I was a little I was a little taken aback when I originally saw the line at, I think it opened around plus seven. And I just, you know, I'm like, Jacksonville just absolutely handled the Chargers, which we view as a playoff team, a very good team. Um, they won 38 to 10. However, let's take a look at that. Justin Herbert was playing with some, you know, broken rib cartilage. 
Um, so he was not a hundred percent on top of that. I think two of their major defensive players were, were, were missing. Uh, they don't have Bosa and they were missing another player as well that I, I can't recall right now, but I think that the win looks a lot more impressive than what it actually was. So, um, you know, we're a better team than Jacksonville. Jacksonville is definitely on the up. I think that Trevor Lawrence is the most mobile quarterback, I guess, that we've gone against so far. We've had Goff, we've had Cousins, we've had Wentz, like those three dudes are just like kind of in this same tier of just like ugly quarterbacks that you don't, well, not ugly physically, just like, you know, not, they're just schlubs. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence has some promise, but I also think he's very prone to um, young, just being young and making mistakes. So I'm expecting more interceptions for the defense. And I think that, I think I think we'll win by two by two possessions. So I, I can see it being a double digit victory for the Eagles this week. How about you? That was some really good analysis, Drew. <laughs> Holy crap, man! You did your homework on that one. Um, I can't say that I disagree with you too much. Besides the fact that you know Jacksonville is looking like a young scrappy team, um, but. Listen, you look at, at, at Trevor Lawrence's stats, um, he's doing okay. He, he's, he's, he's doing okay. The rushing is not necessarily the best. You have Robinson and ETN uh, not really doing anything too big. You did have Robinson that broke for over 100 yards, but I really think the story is going to boil down to what can the defense do? And truth be told, if Jacksonville's biggest asset is going to be rushing, then we'll stop that. If it's going to be a, a second-year quarterback going against some veteran cornerbacks, I think we'll be able to stop it. Um, I don't know the entire story of the whole Chargers secondary and where everyone is at in their in their life cycle here, but I think that we're <laughs> just a much more seasoned team here. Um, I think that it is probably... I don't know, man. I keep saying these games are close. Jake Elliott field goal. Vikings are going to lose. So you know what, man? I'm just going to say I like the Eagles here. Um, Would love to see some second half scoring. If I had to do a score prediction, I'm going to think the Jaguars 17. That's pretty consistent with, with how many points you've been holding teams to. Philadelphia 28. No field goals. All touchdowns. Love that. I'm going 34-17. I like the Eagles getting back into the 30s this week after two weeks in the 20s. Um, I'm feeling just a four-quarter football game. I feel like um, we're not trying to – I don't think we're trying to prove anything to Doug necessarily. I don't think this is like let's get revenge against Doug or we have something to prove to our former coach. I actually do want to ask you though – um, yeah. and this is something I've been asking people. What do you see as the the response? You're going to be wait, – wait, are you going to be at, at this Sunday's I game? Will, I, I will not be at this Sunday's okay. game. But the, the response, like cheers and boos and, and whatnot. Yeah. If if you boo Doug Peterson, you're just an awful fan. I agree. You're I totally a, agree. You're, you're just an awful fan. I mean, Doug Peterson brought us – the only championship in my mind that matters in Philly sports. And that's a, that's a football championship and a super bowl. Um, Doug is a genuinely good guy. He, he really rallies around his players. And, you know, I, I do think leadership wanted a yes, man. And uh, listen, I'm, I'm okay with what Nick is doing, but I think, I think there's a lot more to the story. We, we don't know. 
don't boo Doug Peterson. D- don't do it. it. It's 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 really class. It, it's really you know it's not very classy. Um, if you boo him, you're just you're just you're not a true Philadelphia fan. This this man brought us this man brought us to glory. Yeah. Nick Foles walked onto that field. We'd be giving standing ovations. They're enshrined forever in front of the link. Don't don't boo Doug. Don't do it. And I I just feel like people are very quick to think that Philly is going to it's like just because he's not here anymore that we're going to treat him a certain way. And I just feel like so much of it has to do with how do you how do you leave here? Because if you you know, obviously we can't, I don't know. The first person I was thinking of was, was Jason Worth. And now I'm like, ah, oh, well, I feel like we did boo Jason Worth when he came back to play against the Phillies. But then again, it's like, dude, come on. The Phillies were not going to pay him a hundred million dollars at that time. This is a different situation. Like it's one thing to have a gripe against Carson Wentz, because I, I think the argument there is that there was, he didn't take accountability. He had an opportunity to kind of, um, you know, take Jalen under his wing if he wanted to. I, I And instead it was just like, he was kind of uh, just, he just handled it immaturely and didn't pay any attention to Hertz and it just made it all about him. So it was like all in the way that he left here. It was, I don't, I don't remember any, there being any ugliness to that breakup with Doug Peterson. So if anyone thinks that he didn't have anything to do with that championship run, it's just foolish. And I feel like the, the Philadelphia fans are going to do right by the world and they're going to give him his proper they're going to show him the brotherly love the brotherly and sisterly love so So what about this so just thinking about this as as you're going on here a little bit of devil's advocate jason peters comes in here and he he gets a i don't know false start you know false start jason (laughs) peters we all booing or are we cheering Doug Peterson's leading the Cowboys out of the tunnel. Well, that's a whole different Jared, story, we, man. We we booing. Okay, if if that's, I think I'm, it's circumstantial. It I, is. I a, think I think there are some there are some things here. It that is a good a good hypothetical. If if Doug Peterson went to the Cowboys, what would that yeah. response be? Because that I think that might cause some booze. I think that people would get offended by that. Um, that's why it's a little difficult to compare that to the Jason Peters situation. We have zero connection to Jacksonville. Jacksonville barely plays NFC teams. And like I said, when they do, they don't win. Um, <laughs> the last time was actually against the Giants in September of 2018. So it's been four years, dude. It's been four the years. Last time, the last time we played Jacksonville, that was Blake Bortles in Wembley Stadium in London, wasn't it? Oh, I guess... I forgot was that the that last we... time? 9.30 in the morning. There is a 9.30 game coming up this Sunday. It's the Vikings and Saints, I think. It is Vikings and Saints. And yeah. I had considered picking the Saints as my upset pick until I realized it Ugh. was a neutral a neutral stadium, and that, that swayed me. But My yeah, wife but... is going to listen to this and be like, crap, because <laughs> I'm not going to be doing anything on Sunday now. <laughs> when I moved to, uh, I moved to San Diego for – a very brief amount of time, but I remember these London games would start at 6 a.m. on the That's West Coast. Glorious. <laughs> glorious. That's glorious. You sleep through them, which is probably for the best. I'm not, you know, throwing temper tantrums at the crack of dawn. But um, drinking are you, are you cracking a beer at, at 6 30 in the morning? At the local pub. Oh no. <laughs> local pub. There's no local pubs in, in San San Diego. That's <laughs> just combined places. Oh my goodness. All right. So yeah, we got another we got a couple a couple more days until we get to see the Eagles back in action. I'm juiced, man. I'm excited. This is yes, what it's, it's such an awesome time to be a, a Birds fan. Oh man, I just I just can't imagine what it's going to be like getting onto this episode next week, and we're we're four and zero. Oh. Um, 
insane. Insane just to think that, that that's a prospect. Because I remember, man, 2017 season, we beat the Panthers. And I remember looking at my dad saying, we're 5-1. and one. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Could we go to the Super Bowl? And right then and there, we made a bet that if we won the Super Bowl, we'd get tattoos. And, you know, ah. come come February, we we actually did fall through on that bet and get tattoos. Love that. Um, So pretty insane. But, Andrew. Yep. Love doing this, man. Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you all to our listening. We just got a lot of positive feedback. We really appreciate you guys and just helping us make this show better. Let us know what we can do. It's an exciting time to be a Birds fan. We will send you out with that. Have a great week, everyone.